Hey, hey, welcome back to another week of the podcast. This week I am cottage bound. So you won't be seeing too much of me on Instagram this week, but you know, I have a new episode for you. And this episode is really great. It's packed full of information and I'm laughing because you'll hear it. I have my friend Peg Sadie on the podcast today and we we try really hard to stay on course, but we just don't. So yeah, there's that. We get off course like so many times during this podcast, but I think that's what happens when you put two women who are advocating for maternal mental health and you put them in the same conversation and they sit down and talk about maternal mental health and how moms should be taking care of themselves and not being a martyr and all of the things. So yeah, this one's a good one. So I have Peg Sadie on the podcast. She is a mom, she's a wife, and she is a resilience coach. She actually is a psychotherapist turned resilience coach. And we dive into why she made a switch in her career, which is super interesting to me. But like also coaching and therapist, or sorry, a coach and a therapist, I should say, they're similar, right? Like obviously to be a therapist, you have to have credentials and, you know, they do more specific things. But coaching, I feel like is so similar. Like you are helping people get to where they want to go. Maybe with therapy, we're diving more into the past and into your traumas and, you know, really trying to figure out why you are the way that you are. But in coaching, you're focusing more on the future. So we talk a little bit about this. We're talking about you know, therapy versus coaching and if they can coincide together, which we've decided they can and maybe they should. We're also talking about Peg's story of uh, postpartum depression as well as burnout. And she actually talks about her experience, which is really interesting to me because she didn't like therapy. We all know Amanda is so pro-therapy. I love therapy. I'm still in therapy. I just feel like therapy is something that I love to do and it's really helped me grow. Pig, on the other hand, says that she felt worse every time she went to therapy. So it didn't work for her. I'm sure she's not alone in this either. So she developed her own way of healing and she's sharing a lot of that on this podcast today. We also talk about how postpartum depression can actually turn into regular depression and what it looked like for Peg. Um, I share a little bit about my experience and I think it's really eye-opening to me how many women actually think that once their postpartum period is over that they couldn't have postpartum depression anymore and like that is so not right. You can actually have postpartum depression for the first five years of your child's life but I think once you get out of that postpartum period maybe it just shows up as regular depression. I mean obviously I'm not a doctor I don't know But I just feel like since we're no longer in that postpartum period, we can really like get down on ourselves and be like, why am I not better? I'm not postpartum anymore. And it's just not the case. Um, We're also talking about self-care and how it has become such a superficial buzzword. And Peg dives into why she kind of almost hates the word self-care. Although it is important, 
She thinks the whole like bubble bath and manicures is a load of bullshit, but there are really simple ways that you can start taking care of yourself today. And she's telling us like some of the really teeny tiny ways she takes care of herself and how you can incorporate into her into your day. Peg is also offering all of my listeners a Calm Mom starter kit. She will talk about this in detail in the episode of exactly what all is included, which is there are videos that she'll pop into your inbox. There are workbooks and really ways that you can get started on taking care of yourself today. So if you're interested in a Calm Mom starter kit, please go to pegsadie.com forward slash honest and get it. A-S-A-P. It's such an, an incredible resource. Well, guys, I really hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. As always, give me a follow on Instagram if you are not following me yet at honest.as.a.mother underscore on Instagram. And if you have loved this episode and love the podcast, please do not forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Every rating and review helps the podcast grow. And I really do appreciate each and every one of you every week that are submitting your ratings and reviews. They literally make me cry. Thank you guys so much and enjoy the episode. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today, I have a very special guest. I am joined by Peg Sadie. She is a mom. She is a coach for moms, and she's also a registered psychotherapist. And we are here to talk about maternal mental health and self-care and all of these really incredible things that I think all of us struggle with all of the time. Welcome, Peg, to the Honest as a Mother podcast. Hey, Amanda. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited that you're here, and I am excited because I am taking Peg's podcast virginity. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I just divulged to you. It's my favorite thing to do. Like, it's such an honor that, like, your first guest appearance on a podcast gets to be on mine. I know. And I feel so honored because when you, um, we connected, when you reached out to me, I was just like, oh my gosh, this couldn't be better. I just feel so aligned with your vision and mission. And, um, I'm so excited to talk with you today. Same. When you came across my, my page, I was like, ah, I need her. You know, there's like certain people when you see them, you're like, I need her. (laughs) You are one, not she, you, you are the one. So for my listeners, I don't know you. Can we just talk about who Peg is? What are you bringing to the table, Peg? Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, I am a wife. I've been married for 19 years. Sounds wow. kind of crazy when I say that. Yeah, that's a really impressively long time. Good for you. Thank you. I'm older than I look. You <laughs> I didn't get married when I was 19. I was like... Did you guys get married when you were 17 or something? Cause you look so young anyway. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. No, but, um, yeah, we, we've been together like 21 years, but, um, and I am a mom of two boys. I have a 15, almost 16 year old and I have a six year old. So there's a huge gap there. And like you just mentioned, I'm a 
trained psychotherapist. I started in that space and transitioned into the coaching space. And I now practice as a resilience coach and I work specifically with overwhelmed moms. And this was birthed out of my own experience um, as an overwhelmed mom myself 15 years ago, you know, when I had my my oldest. I experienced crippling postpartum depression and anxiety and kind of went into chronic burnout after that, because I don't think I like fully healed through it. I did all the things I went being a therapist myself. (laughs) I didn't even connect the dots early on. I thought, Oh, I can get out of this. I can find my way out of this and not so much. And I went to therapists, went to psychiatrists, did all the things and nobody, you know, people talk about, oh, well just go get some medication and you'll feel better. You'll do better. No, that is not how it works. There is no happy pill. And most of the time they give you another pill. If this one isn't working or change it up and this and that, I just knew that I needed to get out of where I was. And my therapist, I mean, she was really sweet, but I just always felt worse when I would leave therapy. I was like, just help me feel better. I want to be my old self again. I was this vibrant, you know, go-getter, like the world was my oyster before I became a mom. And then all of a sudden I was in this deep, dark place of overwhelm and felt like I had zero support. I I decided, I was like, I have to do it myself because I don't want to be on medication. I don't want to go to therapy every week and cry and feel worse. And it just wasn't, the trajectory was really slow. I started experimenting. I discovered resilience renewal and I kind of over years developed my own methodology for for coming out of a fog, you know, of this overwhelming motherhood. And I thought there's no, and this was 15 years ago. Like there was no social media was what it was today. So there's not like this outlet and community of people like, and no one was talking about it. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a lot of shame and stigma surrounded by it. I didn't share it with anyone besides my husband and my mom, like nobody knew. And um, it took me a long time to share my story. And once I did, it was so freeing because there are so many of us that struggle and, and not necessarily just with postpartum depression, and anxiety, but just the burnout or the chronic overwhelm that you can experience, especially when the kids are young, you know, it's just in the survival mode. It's very isolating Mm -hmm. and you see everyone's highlight reels and you see everyone looking like they have this perfect, great life. And I know now because I talked to to so many moms and I see their beautiful highlight reels, but I know they're struggling and suffering behind it. And it's just so important to know that we're not alone, being able to ask for the support you need. So that's what kind of brought me full circle to changing my career focus and wanting to help moms. Cause I, I was like, there's no program out there that kind of, and my goal and my vision is to kind of bridge that gap between therapy and thriving for struggling moms. Like there's like therapy is more past focused, right? 
or current crises focus, and then coaching is more forward focus. Mm -hmm. But since I'm trauma informed, you know, I take into account, you know, the deep struggles, the trauma, the pain, the history, but it's very much forward focused. So we can kind of look to, okay, we can get back to where we want to be. And um, it's a holistic approach of, you know, mind, body, and spirit. And it's because of my training, it's all rooted in positive psychology and neuroscience. So it's not just like, you know, just something I made up or pulled right. out of the air. It's like the quote unquote woo woo stuff. Oh gosh, don't get me started. <laughs> I love that thing. It's my new favorite saying. I don't care how woo woo something it makes me feel great. I'm woo wooing it up. 100% because I, yeah. I do talk about a lot about energy and vibration. I mean, I'm not doing any Reiki healing or whatever, however you say, it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I do 100% believe in that. But yeah, but most everything that I teach and um, talk about is rooted in science. Um, so yeah, that's, that's uh, in a nutshell how I got here. And I'm so excited to help moms. You know, my whole goal and vision I was saying is to help moms that are struggling, like where I was 15 years ago, realize that A, they're not alone. And then also to help them feel better faster. So they don't have to suffer in silence or struggle for longer than necessary. Mm -hmm. And I love, I love that for obvious reasons. Everybody knows I'm, I'm a huge advocate for maternal mental health, like yourself. And now like even four years ago now I've almost Scarlett's almost four so when I was struggling with my mental health like I mean it might have been a thing but I wasn't aware that coaches were a thing and so I think if I could go back like I loved therapy I'm still in therapy I'm very pro therapy and I think there always is a time and a place to put in a therapist however here in Canada to get access to a therapist is extremely hard Unless you have private insurance, you're SOL. You can, we do have some publicly funded things, but that's what I originally did because I was on maternity leave and I didn't have my private insurance. So I remember calling the, my doctor's office in January. I didn't get an appointment to see her until the beginning of March. Like that's too long, right? Wow. Like I struggled while I waited for her. That's crazy. Thankfully I have a support system, but there are women that don't have a support system and actually cannot wait that amount of time. So I also think there is a time and a place for a coach too. Right. And maybe in the interim, or maybe like you said, we could even do both, right? Like working with a therapist and working on things that happened previously that maybe are shaping who we are now, but then working with a coach alongside to move forward, maybe with other, in other ways, I can see how that could be like such an incredible experience for a mom, especially a coach who is a mom and who has been there. Right. Like I love, loved, loved my therapist when I did post, when I had postpartum depression, she was freaking amazing, but she's never had a child. Mm. So you know, although like she was amazing and gave me really great recommendations for books and tips. And like, honestly, I I'm forever grateful for her because she literally helped save me, but she, I was always missing that like lived experience kind of thing. Right. Like it wasn't like when I could talk to another mom about it. It wasn't like when I 
posted on Instagram about it and people would comment on like, you know, just other moms would pour their hearts out to me. And it was like this, this is what I need. This is what I'm missing in therapy too. And I mean, you can't go into a therapist office and be like, so do you have kids? No. Okay. I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's so true. Yeah. It's so true. It doesn't always work that way. No. You're right. And I love that reference that you made about cohabitating, like the coaching and the therapy, because I have many moms that are in therapy and that are in my program program because it could be really great to do both. Yes. And I encourage Mm -hmm. that because I can't, I'm not practicing as a psychotherapist. I can't help you with that really deep, heavy, you know, space, but I can help you on this end of it. And, you know, sometimes you really need both. And um, I encourage it. You know, there, I have moms that are diagnosed with postpartum depression during my program. I just had a mom that realized, because I was telling her, her kids are older. Not, did you know you can be de- diagnosed with postpartum depression up till your kids are five years old? Yes. Yeah. So I her- think a lot of women don't know that I think they just assume they don't have it because they're not in the postpartum period. But like a lot of times I'm totally one of these statistics where I don't have postpartum depression anymore because I'm not in that postpartum period, but I still have depression. It's still something that I struggle with. And that's super common that we just like the kid turns a year and like, poof, we're done. We're better. It's like, we're not there anymore, but no, it actually can still or it comes in waves. Something someone recently had said to me like that it comes in waves. And I so related to that. Like when I had, when you have postpartum depression, it's kind of, it's kind of this like dark cloud that's over you. I feel like all of the time, some days it's darker, but I find now it comes in waves. Like, you know, I could be fine for six months and not have a depressive episode, but then you know, right before my period or something, it's like takes me down or just whatever. I'll have a panic attack like seven months later or something. And you're like, what? I'm supposed to be better. But like, it doesn't really work like that. No, it doesn't. And that's why it's so important for us to be Mm self-aware and understand that we need to kind of allow ourselves that leeway, that space, that grace to experience what we are experiencing. Sometimes we just try to control everything and, oh, I shouldn't be feeling this way. My life is great. Why am I feeling sad? Why am I feeling low? But you're right. It does come in waves. I just went through one. I just came out of a low season. I'm very vocal about sharing that. And, you know, there are triggers, right. That happen to us. Like I went through specifically like a several things. It was like a boom, boom, boom. Like I had some emotional loss. I had some physical loss. I had a lot of like stressors that I wasn't normally experiencing outside of that. And it just all like (laughs) caved in on me at once. And I got a little scared because I was told my husband, I was like, I, and I hadn't felt like this in, you know, 10, 15 years. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to go see my doctor. I'm going to have to go back on medication. I just, I can't function like this. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I just redirected all my energy inward and just kind of reset. And thank God I came out of it on my own. Cause I was really worried. I was going to have to, you know, it took a few months. It might've also been the winter months, you know, totally. that, yeah, that really that 
me too. Yeah, really. Is that right? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just it's literally like, it's kind of like a joke. I've seen like memes about it, but like, I don't know if you can tell, but like the sun is shining today and it's finally nice out. Cause in Canada, it's like fairly dark from, I don't know, November. Oh, to like- that's true. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah. And I literally feel this meme that it's like, you know, you walk outside and it's sunny. It's like, I can literally feel the serotonin. Like that is so true. My father, who is almost 60 years old and does not even think mental health is a real thing, actually said to me last week, oh yeah, don't get me started on him. But he, um, he even said like, wow, I feel so much less depressed now. And I was like, that's a, it's a real thing. Like it's a real thing the sun comes out and you get your more vitamin D or something. And it's like, you're reborn. <laughs> it's like I've crawled out of my hole. I wasn't even sure that I was in. <laughs> it's like your coming out party. It's like, it's just like a renewal. It's just, you feel revitalized. It's unbelievable how that works. And you know what, um, on this note, and I'll update you after I use it and let you know how it works. I just ordered from Amazon, one of those satellite therapy Bright light therapy things. Yes, I'm interested. I know someone who has one. She swears by it. Yeah, I'm going to use it. I'm going to hope there's no like placebo effect thing going on. But but I have these. It's okay. Remember what we said. Even if it's like, if it works and it's not a real thing, like I don't care if something's a placebo effect, but I feel better. Bring it. 100. 100. So I think it should be arriving today. I'm super excited because I'm all about using all the things, especially if it's natural or what do you call it? Like non-medical, right? Or non-invasive or anything that I can use. Um, And then if I know it works, you know, it'd be something that I can share with my clients or other moms and be like, okay, this actually helps because, you know, like you were saying about your cycle, how it affects your mood, like same, it's a really, it's a real thing. People specialize in, 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 in helping women understand their cycle and their energy levels around it. I think it's fascinating, Me too. but it's a real thing. And also like we have bad days, we have bad weeks, we have bad months and we use all the help we can get. And if it 20, 30 minutes in the morning of that helps me sustain my mood and helps me sleep better, like I'm all for it. So I will keep you updated on that. (laughs) Yeah. I can't wait to hear it. Okay. So this goes, this is kind of leading me into one of the questions that I wanted to ask you, because I know that you are really passionate about helping overwhelmed moms and considering the last two and a bit years now, we are all, I'm just going to collectively say (laughs) we are all extremely overwhelmed. We all are struggling with parental burnout, you know, all of the things. And there are so many of us that, you know, maybe can't take a leave of absence from work because Mm -hmm. financially it doesn't work. Or, you know, maybe we're a single mom and we don't have the support system or, right. you know, there's still a lot of people that are afraid of really nervous about COVID. So yeah. they don't want a support system because they feel that the support system maybe will bring in the virus. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious and I'm wanting to know some of your takes. If you could give some of my audience some like tangible tips that we could give to moms that are just feeling overwhelmed in general of all the things that they have to do every day, or we feel like we have to do every day. Cause let's get real. You don't absolutely have to complete all of the tasks <laughs> on your, on your mental to-do list, but 
Yeah. You read my mind. Yeah, we do. <laughs> and it. you're going to giggle when I give you my first tip, but okay, yes, let's hear it. Well, well, I want to preface because I just want to share my experience because the, this is valid experience, right? What we've experienced these past several years, and it's important not to skim over that. Right. And not feel like this is just something like a quick fix or that we can just go down this to-do list of like, oh, self-care, check, 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 check. And then we'll feel better. No, it doesn't work like that. And my, and especially if you already suffer from depression or anxiety or or have tendencies um, predisposed to it, what have you. So for me, the pandemic (laughs) last, was it last year? Yeah, I guess last year it hit me hard. And, um, the idea of sending, and it's different where you're, where you're located. Like you're in Canada. Um, I have several moms in my group from Canada and they specifically share the same kind of concerns you're talking about with the healthcare system and Mm -hmm. just even getting tested. Like it's just such a big ordeal, like this, um, managed care. So I was so overwhelmed with this pressure and responsibility of making decisions that would literally, I thought in my mind at the time, be life or death for my kids. Like, do I send them back to school? Yeah. What, what if they get sick and what if they have lifelong debilitating effects from Mm -hmm. COVID? Like, or do I vaccinate them? And then what happens if that, you know, backfires? Like, Mm -hmm. and I remember And, you know, as moms, we tend to compartmentalize because we feel like we have to hold it all together for our family and be like the pillar of strength. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And um, it started to manifest physically for me. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens to a lot of us. And I, it's so funny because I scream this from the rooftops all the time with my clients is that listen to your body because your body never lies to you, Mm -hmm. right? Your body never lies. And we ignore all these symptoms, And I started to have like neurological problems. I started, my eyes started to twitch. I was having um, partial paralysis and numbness on one side of my body. I almost drove myself to the emergency room one night. Um, My kids were upstairs asleep. My husband was out of town because I thought I was having a heart attack or a stroke. And it, I went to my doctor. They did the whole workup. They did everything. Nothing wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And it dawned me, oh my God, this is completely stress related. I have manifested all these phys- physical symptoms because yeah. of this crazy stress. Mm-hmm. And I knew things had to change. And I did. And one of the main things I did was I created like a buddy system. I had my dear friend, neighbor, we would go walking together every morning, rain or shine five days a week. We'd get up at like five o'clock in the morning. We'd go before the kids woke up. We'd walk the neighborhood. And that way I got my connection with mm-hmm. another mom. You were talking about that. I wanted to touch on that. You're talking about how your therapist can only do so much and that sense of community. Mm-hmm. Like connection is so important, especially as moms who are feeling isolated or stressed. It is a critical component of our well being and our emotional health. And so just make doing that one thing every day, knowing that I had that touch point and I could share my concerns and my stressors, like, and then also work out some of my stress, you know, By my cortisol levels. Yes, exactly. I wasn't getting any vitamin D because it was so early. It was still dark. 
but at least that was getting the other things. So I just wanted to share that because even because we're all human, we're all experiencing this. I mean, magnificent amount of stress, even me, you know, trained therapist, (laughs) resilience coach, I'm not immune to the effects that this has on us. So Mm -hmm. I just wanted to share that. And then the, I'm going to share four tips that I would give to moms to help them feel less overwhelmed. And there are so many facets to self-care because of its holistic nature. And I go really in depth in this, into my, in my coaching and membership program, Resilient Mom Academy, because there are, you know, like six types of self-care, you know, it's very holistic. Like you have your spiritual self-care and your psychological self-care and your relationship self-care and your environmental self-care. And the biggest thing I'd like to share to preface is these are more mindset tips than anything. There are, I am going to share with you some tangibles, but it's, it's, I feel like it's important to stop focusing on the act of self-care, like do this, check the box, do this, check the box. Mm -hmm. Um, I was going to ask you because I know from my own experience, as well as talking to other moms, sometimes self-care can very much feel like something else that they have to do. And, you know, then it's like, a, I feel like self-care has become this weird thing that we feel like we absolutely have to do. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh my gosh. Yes. And I'm just rolling my eyes at this because I talk about this a lot <laughs> yeah. about how self, self-care has just become this superficial buzzword and everyone's like, Oh, do this, do this self-care, self-care. And it's not what you think. Self-care is not what you think. Like like we were chatting about, like, it's not bubble baths and manicures and girls night out and stuff like that. You know, it is so much more nuanced and so very subjective and holistic. Mm -hmm. And the secret to self-care really is that it's more about creating self-awareness and aligning your life with your energy than it is any singular action that you take. That's why I was saying, I don't believe in that canned checklist Mm -hmm. because it's not a one size fits all solution. Um, For example, like I'm an empath and an introvert. People get really surprised when I say I'm an introvert. (laughs) I'm an extroverted introvert, I'd say, but I know my energy levels. I need a lot of time to re-energize alone by myself. I love spending time with friends, but I like to smaller groups or one-on-one connections. I don't need like 20 girlfriends. I don't like to go out every weekend, do all the things. Like if I have more than one thing planned in a weekend, I'm like, no, (laughs) this is not happening. Like the other weekend, we last weekend, we had three things going on. I had an overnight zoo field trip with my six-year-old. Then I had my teenagers all day regional track meet. And then we had Mother's Day and I was like, can we just skip Mother's Day this year? Because I literally can't do all these things. We didn't didn't end up doing it. We didn't end up skipping it, but I released all expectation and pressure on that day. Cause I was like, that's just one more thing for me to plan and do and stress about. Mm -hmm. But, um, so energy wise, it's important to know, um, yourself that way. And I'm so glad you brought that up because 
I feel like so many moms feel like they fall short mm-hmm. and they're inadequate in that area. Self-care, like why am I not feeling better? And so many moms feel like when you talk about self-care or being mindful, it feels like such a luxury, mm-hmm. right? Oh, that's a luxury. Like I don't have time for that. I'll, I'll do that when they're, my kids go to school. <laughs> I'll start incorporating they have to get a babysitter or just yes, whatever. Exactly. And this is what I want moms to know that it, you can do and practice self-care in a few minutes. Like it doesn't have to be, you don't need an hour. You don't need a fancy routine or anything like that. So what's so funny because one of the, we were talking about your to-do lists and my, my first tip I wanted to share with you and your audience is that lose the to-do list. (laughs) That's my number one tip for moms. Yeah. Number one tip, because I don't actually believe in to-do lists and I have a whole masterclass on this, (laughs) how to prioritize your day. So you're getting more done. Uh, more done that is productive, not more done. I'm not about like trying to jam all the things into your day. But what a to-do list does just briefly is it's a never ending list of things that are never going to get done. All of them. Right. So what it does is just transfers from day to day. You might cross off one or two things and then you add on another three things the next day. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's very defeating to look at this to-do list. And another thing the to-do list does is there's no hierarchy of prioritizing right. You look at this list and everything on the list seems important to you. When you look at it, your brain can't decipher the difference (laughs) between like making the doctor's appointment and then doing the laundry. Like what, you know, what is happening? I, I can't get all this done. And it's just so overwhelming. So I encourage moms or anyone to just every day, pick your top three things that you're going to get done that day. Okay. The most important things that day right? And it's all relative to where you are on your journey. Like we were talking about having low seasons and high seasons. So if you're in survival mode and you're like completely overwhelmed, then your self-care to-do list or your top three should reflect that, right? So for example, if you're feeling isolated, connecting with a friend should be a priority. Mm -hmm. Text, phone call, what have you, right? Mm -hmm. Simply getting out of the house, should be a priority doing the laundry. If that's something you struggle with and you need to get done, if it helps you feel more Mm -hmm. like centered or like you've done something. I like that because I find it simplifies things, right? Like, especially think about the mom who's in like the newborn stage. Mm -hmm. Think about like, so if you could write yourself a to-do list, that was like, have a shower. Yes. I have that on my list. (laughs) Yes. Eat lunch. Some days it is just taking a shower. Yeah. Yeah. Eat eat today, (laughs) empty the dishwasher, right? Like those those get dressed, get out of your pajamas. (laughs) Yes. That sometimes, unfortunately in that stage of life are harder, but I do that too. I have a, I have, I generally do. I actually have this book called what the F am I even doing today? Shout out to Courtney because it's my publisher's little book, but that's what it is. It's just like a bullet point of like, well, she has it as five, but I usually only do three. Yeah. Three is good. 
for me, yeah. I think it's realistic. Like some people probably can do five, but at this point in the game, like maybe next year when my kids are older, I could do five. But for right now, I just do three, especially when I'm by myself with the kids. Cause like sometimes going to the grocery store, it's just, it never happens. And I don't know how. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I yeah, swear. I, I, <laughs> no, that's amazing. It's, I love it because it helps simplify because the ongoing to-do list is sometimes just like, you might as well just write down. I'm a failure. <laughs> Exactly. And you just look at that list and it never gets smaller because you're constantly adding and changing. And it is so defeating. 100%. I'm all about simplifying and getting to basics and not doing too much. Like I'm a big proponent of creating white space on your calendar, especially Mm -hmm. for me, like I need to recharge and reset my energy regularly. Mm -hmm. So I'm not trying to jam pack my calendar. I know when I do something that's going to be draining for me, I need to create a lot of white space around that, right? Yeah. To, to reset. So yes, I 100% agree with you simplifying, making it doable and, and, and you get, you feel a sense of accomplishment and you actually did it. Right. Mm-hmm. So we were joking about showering and getting dressed, but I mean, we're joking, not joking. Like I remember those days of just yeah get getting out of my pajamas or taking a shower. I was like, yes, I showered. Um, it made me feel good. Absolutely. <laughs> if you're in a higher, you know, season, a higher vibration season, you can take on more, like you were saying the five things, if you want, or things that are going to, you're going to take more of your energy or effort, right? Like adding exercise into your routine, joining a group support system, like a mom group, right? Knowing that you can commit and go and do that. Setting aspirational goals. I think that's really important for moms. We tend to prioritize everyone else's needs, kind of forget about what makes us tick, what makes us feel fulfilled, happy. It's so important not to lose sight of that and, you know, set goals for ourselves that we want to do outside of our family. Yeah. You know, what bring us joy. Yeah. And then, or starting a new hobby, something we've always wanted to do um, mm-hmm. just for us. And like, if you're in that survival season, that's not something that you're going to be doing right then and there, but so important. Coming back to yourself or maybe not even coming back to yourself. Like I have found now that my kids are a little bit older and I can do more things for myself. Like I also feel like I don't even know this new Amanda anymore. Mm. Everything that I used to really like, maybe I don't really like anymore. Or, you know, I don't really connect with anymore because mm-hmm. I have grown or I have changed or my priorities change, you know, whatever it is or all the above. But uh, I do think it's important to find something outside of being a wife and a mom because that's not all that you are. It can feel like it though. It absolutely can. So um, that's a very important tip. It is. And it, it's so important for us not to lose sight of that. And you know what? And this is something that that's why self-awareness is so important. A lot of us step into our motherhood roles and parent based on our experience, right? So how our mother parented us, what our mother's role was in the household. Like, so for me, my mom gave up her career. She was basically a martyr Mm -hmm. (laughs) and did everything for us. 
And then when I became a mom, like, it's so funny because she always expected me, like they, she wanted me to go to medical school and do all these things. I changed my major because I was passionate about psychology still, you know, got some initials behind my name <laughs> to make her happier. <laughs> I really did love it, but got this degree. And then after I had my kids, she's like, well, now you're going to be, you know, taking care of your kids. And every time I would express to her, well, I'm really passionate about this. Like, like I'm writing a book, like I'm a passionate writer. I'm going to, for COVID writer meetups and, you know, exploring this part of myself because I need that. Why are you doing that? What, what, why are you stay home with your kids? This and that. So sometimes we don't realize how oppressive that can be that, and this is that legacy <laughs> that, mm. that we talk about reshaping this legacy of maternal mental health and rewriting our story and not passing it down, right? Intergenerationally to our daughters and our sons. Like this is, no, it's not okay to be a martyr because you can't hide anything from kids. No, I'm always talking about this. Your energy, they can pick up on it. And there's something they can pick up on. It's really fascinating. We have something called mirror neurons that we share with our children. Mm -hmm. And they, we can like pretend to be happy and this and that they see right through it and mm -hmm. they're going to, they're going to mirror you. They're going to mirror your emotion. And you can't anybody lie. listening. Anybody listening has, has seen that. Yeah. You can't lie mm -hmm. to your kids. They know it. They feel it. I just got goosebumps mm -hmm. because, and, and I still carry guilt from, <laughs> I know this sounds ridiculous, but having postpartum depression, I carry guilt. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, my son experienced this horrible sadness that I carried for years, even though like I was his room mom and I would try to compartmentalize and I went on every field trip and I did all the things, but I would have to, at the end of the day, I was done. And that was like it, but yes, I feel like I, oh, I got sidetracked there. <laughs> no, I, I, I do think it's important. And like, it's a huge piece for me anyways. And I know a lot of my listeners agree they want to show their children that they can be out, something outside of mom, but still be mm -hmm. a really fantastic mom. But then also like teaching your children that like putting yourself first is actually what's most important. And I hope that I'm, I think we all hope we're doing a good job of that. And I hope that one day I want my daughter to be a mother if she wants to be. And I want her to, you know, be everything from the start that I wasn't so that she doesn't have to go through all of this healing. I just want her to know that like, she's a good mom, no matter what she does. Right. Like she never, I don't want her to ever be in a place where she'll question it. I love that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we want that self-awareness that you're having, right. Mm -hmm. Instead of, you know, some people don't want, want to live in denial and think, well, I'm doing everything right. I'm a good mom. And so this is how it should be. And this is they unconsciously parent. I talk a lot about conscious parenting. <laughs> um, and just and that's honestly, it's not about our kids at all, right? It's about us and being self-aware and understanding who you are and why you're doing what, what you're doing and what you're imprinting on your kids, mm -hmm. right? When you do it, yeah. I love that. It's so important. Well, and I think too, like, what about like, okay, the, so there's people who, 
who dreamt about being a mom their whole lives. Like I was never that person, but there are people who want to be the martyr and really thrive there. And I think that's great. But I think the really sad piece is when you're the martyr and you hate it. Right. Mm. When you feel like, so that, that is where I'm coming from too. Cause I think there are some people who probably thrive in the martyr role. Like were born and raised to just give themselves fully to their family. I don't agree that they should have to do that, but I think there's people who are really happy in that role. But I also think a lot of us like myself were in a role where we were trying to be this martyr, but then so miserable trying to be it that <laughs> we didn't actually know what the hell we were even doing at all. And then ended up in therapy. Cause we're like, I'm just so unhappy. Um, help me. And I mean, that's an even worse place to be, right? right? Like, so I think this conversation, I think if we can sum it up to one thing, it would just be like, whatever makes you happy, you need to do that. And if your kids can see that you're happy, then you are doing the best job you can ever do. Because my kids pick up on it all the time. If I'm in like a bit of a mood or something's bothering me or just whatever. Scarlett will say to me, mama, are you being nice today? That's what she says to me. And I'm Aww. like, shut up, Scarlett. Like, seriously, can I just not be miserable so for one second? Can you just leave me be? <laughs> but so they cute. do. Oh yeah. Are you going to be, or yeah. Or what did she say in the car yesterday? It was like, are you going to be nice to me today? And I was like, oh my I'm going to slap you or something. Girl, okay? <laughs> like, I anything but like they can sense it right yes she's a little adult she's an inquisitive investigative oh my gosh but you're so right um when you were saying before about how prioritizing your own happiness is like the best thing you could do for your kids and it's so funny because I asked one of my moms in my program for some feedback it's like how did you like the most recent master class I think it was a psychological self-care and she responded that Cause one of the things, that's one of the things I talked about. She was like, you know what, when you said that what you do for yourself is modeling for your kids, how should they should treat themselves? She said, that was such an aha moment for me mm-hmm. because we're so used to doing, doing, doing for our kids, but don't consider the fact that what we're doing for ourselves is showing them how they should treat themselves. Mm-hmm. And especially, you know, she was, you know, talking about her daughter and she was like, oh my gosh, you're so right. If I, how can I expect my daughter to prioritize herself if I'm not prioritizing myself? So I think that was so powerful. It is powerful. Have you read uh, Glennon Doyle Untamed? I haven't. It's in my Amazon thing. I know. She talks about this and it was like, there's a quote and I, I just don't have it in front of me, but it's basically about like, you know, what what a shame like that we are teaching our children to be martyrs and that, you know, them watching us be martyrs essentially teaches them that this will be like their demise type thing. It's kind of dark, but it's true. It's so true. We're just modeling. And I think I actually, you were talking about that on one of your podcast episodes. You yes, I totally said quote. the yeah. whole quote. And <laughs> it's like, I've literally stuck it on my wall in my room. Cause it's like, you, it's just so powerful, but it's so freaking true. I need to read it. I've just, I've heard mixed reviews about the book. So, but, so I've been kind of hesitant, gun shy about 
clicking purchase, but I need to read it for myself. Um, well, do it. I highly recommend. Okay. I will for sure. I was going to, if we have time, I was going to share the next tip for, oh, yeah, I forgot we were even yeah. <laughs> so It's very easy with you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay. Yes. Go yeah, because, tip number two. Yes. Because I want your audience to, you know, get these tips before we sign off. Um, number two, I wanted to share was, um, for moms that are feeling overwhelmed is no, decide for yourself. And I have been, I use this for myself. It's so simple. You talk about simplifying things so easy and it is in the morning, decide what's the one promise you're going to keep to yourself today, right. that day. Right. That's it. Just one promise, you know, and I think it's beautiful because it's not practical to think we can maintain these elaborate self-care rituals and do all the things day in and day out. Like we're talking about, we have high seasons, low seasons, days, weeks, months, and it's going to change. So it's not practical to think we're going to be able to walk five miles a day and do my morning meditation and do my nighttime ritual and take my bath and do all these things. So then we just give up if we have like an off day or an off week or an off month. And then we're like, throw in the towel, but just being able to say to yourself, what's that promise I'm going to keep to myself that day. And it could be something really small, right? Mm -hmm. Like I just recently decided I was going to get back into my exercise routine after my low season. I'm like, that's the one promise I'm going to keep to myself every day. That's it. I don't care if I don't get anything else done. When mm -hmm. I was in my low season, the promise that I was making to myself every day was I'm going to cook dinner. It wasn't every yeah. day, but it was regularly like five days a week because cooking brings me so much calm and joy and it calms my nerves. So I just told myself, you know what, if I don't do anything else today, I'm going to go to the grocery store. I'm going to pick out some stuff come home, cook or meal plan for the week and cook. And that was what that I didn't care if anything else got done that day. I didn't care if the laundry got done, the bed didn't get right. made. <laughs> and it's just that one promise. So simple. You know, we have these high, unbelievably high standards for ourselves of what motherhood should look like, what our self-care should look like, you know, thanks to our societal norms and social media is a real big contributing factor. I highly recommend a digital detox. I have a love hate relationship with social media for me. I only use it for business. I do not go on there for personal use and I don't watch the news. It's very triggering for me. So removing things like that from your day that, you know, affect your energy negatively can be so helpful and huge. Number three, I want to say is giving gratitude each and every day, along with celebrating your wins. So what I talk to my girls and in, in my group about, I check in with them every week. We talk about what your wins were for the week, because I don't care how small they are. And I, I remember a mom told me recently, she was like, well, my win for this week was I survived. And I was like, this is Love amazing. It. Let's celebrate this because we, you know, we think that we, back to the to-do list. If we didn't get everything on that to-do list done that we failed that day, that we yeah. failed that week. It's so important to focus on the positives. And that's where gratitude comes into even just being grateful that, you know, I didn't freak out on my kids today, or I kept everyone alive. I'm grateful. I kept everyone <laughs> alive today. Yep. Like that's because honestly, and this may seem like some people are like, Oh, why do I have to do this? It seems we will give gratitude in this. No, this is rooted in neuroscience. What we're doing when we give gratitude and celebrate our wins, 
We are searching for the positives in our life. And that is sending a message to our brain. We're training our brain to focus on the positives instead of the negatives, because our caveman brains want to focus on all the negatives, the danger things, the things that we don't do, the things that we need to get done. Mm -hmm. So this actually, the more you do it daily, you actually are retraining yourself to, and you'll start to look for them and, and, and find gratitude when you're not even consciously doing it. It's such a beautiful thing. And so, so, so powerful. So I highly recommend giving gratitude. And the last one, number four is I strongly believe even if you're in a low season is it's important, even though I don't believe in a one size fits all self-care model, I think it's really important that we carve out me time every day Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be two hours. doesn't even have to be an hour. It could literally be 15 minutes. I always recommend and prefer to do it in the morning before the kids wake up mm-hmm. just because you have peace and quiet, but it's not, you know, morning is, it's not an end game. Some people want to do it at the end of the night. I just find at the end of the night, I'm tired yeah, <laughs> and I too. tend to slack off at the end of the night. So if I do it in the morning and that's anything from like just having your cup of tea or whatever in silence, you know, glorious journey. I know just silence. I love meditation, but you know, I love this app headspace because you can do three minute, minute meditations. Mm -hmm. And it's so simple to just get you centered, but not necessary reading a chapter or a few pages in your favorite book. You're just, you're not allowed to do chores during your me time. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing you can't multitask. You can't do. No, chores. you cannot. <laughs> I used to actually just get up before the kids and like watch, like watch a show. Oh yeah, Coffee something you or, enjoy. Yeah, or yeah. sometimes I was reading, or sometimes I was just like yeah. sitting watching, doing nothing on my phone. I've sat and done nothing. Like whatever it may be that made me feel good in that moment, whether it was sitting and doing nothing or scrolling on my phone. I was drinking coffee and I was alone, and there was no one bothering me. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's very centering and very grounding Mm -hmm. and you can always increase that time, you know, but I find that if you do it in the morning, it's really sets the tone for the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As much as I hate when people say that, like you're going to set your tone for the day. It's like, no, it's really (laughs) true. I want to punch myself right now. I'm saying, but (laughs) it's true. People I'm not lying. So true. Yeah. I don't do it now. And every like, Saturday and Sunday, I'm like, ah, I should have got up earlier because you people are driving me nuts. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I talk about this. I love to sleep in on the weekends me too. because sometimes I have like insomnia during the week and it like adds up like my sleep bank and my husband knows this and he lets me sleep in. I'm so grateful to him. I love to sleep in on the weekend, but I'm okay getting up earlier during the week. But yeah, it does set the tone for your day. making your bed and having a little quiet yeah. time. Yes. That's the tone for your day. Really does. Simple. So make your bed, ladies. Make your bed. <laughs> By a time, wherever it may be, no matter what you're doing, just try. <laughs> I promise you, you will actually feel better. It's really important. Have you read the book? There's a book by, oh my gosh, he's some decorated military vet. And I think the book is called like 
something about making your bed. Cause like, you know, they learn that in the military, like right. how to make your bed in the morning and like quote sets the tone for the day or whatever. But he it, talks about the philosophy, how that carries into every aspect of your life, like setting the tone, you know, in sense. the morning. Totally yeah. makes sense. Well, thank you so much. Oh, I thank you. I have to cut us off because yeah, we could go on forever. I think <laughs> all afternoon. All afternoon. We'll have to do a part two. Absolutely. <laughs> can you please leave my audience with where they can find you, follow you, work with you, all of the good stuff? Absolutely. So my website is pegsadie.com. That's Peg, P-E-G, Sadie, just how it sounds, S-A-D-I-E. I'm on Facebook and Instagram, but I'm more so hang out on Instagram. My handle is at peg.sadie, S-A-D-I-E. And I actually have something very special for your listeners, Amanda. Yes, this is the first time I'm offering this. Okay. And it is a Calm Mom starter kit. (laughs) <laughs> I love this. Come mom starter kit. All right. Yes. What, and, what is this? Okay. So it's a seven day video series with daily workbooks. Okay. And it's kind of a spinoff. I have a calm mom retreat. The calm mom retreat is in transition right now. So I'm not sure how many times a year I'm going to be offering it anymore. I used to do it like every other month, but it might be like two times a year and, and, and it used to be free and now it might be a paid. So I'm doing, I'm taking like my favorite things from that retreat and I'm bundling it up in this calm mom starter kit. Cause that retreat was, is, has been such a big hit. So I share with you my favorite like tips and tricks and, and you create a calm calming mom toolkit, okay. you know, like in the moment, what to do when you're like overwhelmed tools, you know, based in neuroscience. And then I show you how to create like a self-care audit to see what areas of your life we need to be focusing on and where your energy is being expended. And then, then we create like a 30 day resilience renewal roadmap to get you like started on that journey. And I love it because the daily videos, like I'll pop in, in your inbox <laughs> and help guide you through all the activities for seven days, just to like kickstart you jumpstart you and kind of reset your energy and um, help you feeling better, you know, and you can access this. I'm going to have a special site for your listeners. It is pegsadie, P-E-G-S-A-D-I-E.com forward slash honest. Awesome. Well, make sure you guys check that out because that sounds amazing. I'm, oh, I'm yay. <laughs> yay. I'm really excited about this. So yeah, I'm excited to Thank share it with your that. listeners first. My it's pleasure. So Incredible. Well, guys, make sure you go follow Peg. Check out her Instagram. She's got some really great reels. I'm a big fan of your reels. Oh, thank you. You're so (laughs) sweet, Amanda. And I'm a huge fan of yours. I'm so glad we connected. It's been an honor being on your show. Thank you so much for hosting me. Thank you for coming. Oh, and I'm looking forward to continuing our conversation. Absolutely. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning into another episode. And I'll talk to you next week. See ya. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Honest as a Mother podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you.